as we welcome you to Orchard Park with two minutes left in a four-point game. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. Zero breathing room. He tries to sneak it. The ball is loose. Impossible. Do the Vikings have it? Scramble for the ball. It is a touchdown. The officiating crews have let them battle it out. Second and ten. Allen steps up and throws. An interception. Patrick Peterson. And in this heavyweight bout, the Vikings with the knockout blow. Coley Stott, everybody. Coley Stott, muchachos. He's dusty. I'm lucky. She's dead. No, wait. That ain't it. He's no guapo. She's carbon. I'm half a. We are not the Three Amigos. Well, we are the Three Amigos, but we're also Vikings Report through a Ted. Drewster, how are you? You are the... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. El Guapo! <laughs> you know, it's the dumbest movie around, and I love it. It's so funny, dude. Welcome, everyone, to episode 80. Welcome, welcome, welcome. In honor of 80, of course, I'm going with Chris Carter tonight, Ted. That's a good call. We are eight and one. What we earned here today is the final stamp on understanding that we are one of the best teams on, in this league. This show gets better every week. It's six and one, seven and one, eight and one. Here we go. We are now tied for the best record in football, Ted. Did you see any of that coming? I did not. And hey, real quick, I got a question for you. What school did Chris Carter go to? Ohio State wide receiver Chris Carter is the most feared deep threat in college football. Ernie. <laughs> Arriba! Numero uno colegio! Look at that. You see that page jersey? Yeah. See what's next to it? Uh, You're going like to see a whole hell of a lot of it in two weeks. It looks quite urine stained, to be quite honest. For those of you that are new to the show, I'm a huge Ohio State fan. Drew is a huge Michigan fan. Ohio State Michigan Week is a very special week to us since we've been kids. Greatest rivalry in all of sports. Toots, how are you this evening? Go Blue! Go blue, yeah! Go blow. We are <laughs> the blue and the Buckeyes, both top five going at it next week. Ted Glover, yeah. you better bring all your ammunition because I'm going to rip you to pieces on this show. <laughs> no, you're not, but whatever. Toots has got the sweep again, Ted. She is on a roll. Victory Damn. number six. She's kicking us in the nuts. In, in, the, in the next week, man. Sixth win for Tunes's. Uh, she's killing us this year. Good job, Tunes's. You will die like dogs. No, we will not die like dogs. We will fight like lions because we are the Free Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board. Championship. Hoshimazood. Fifth pick, sixth round. TJ Hoshimazood. Yes. Lock it up. Who? What? Uh, TJ House of Vanilla. Uh, all right. TJ. TJ, who's your mama? You mean TJ Hushmanzada from the Bengals. Put him on the board. House Mazzoli. Got it. Championship. So, look, we got a big show tonight. We got Vikings NFL news. We got hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. We got our Super Toe Challenge. We got our preview. We got trivia. But before we get going, 
purplepainforums.com, purplepainforums, that is the, like, the best Minnesota Vikings chat room around. It's better than social media. Like, you just get so much crap on social media, just these negative trollish comments. You don't find any of that over on Purple Pain Forums. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board. And it's not just Vikings talk. It's college football talk. It's stuff that's not even really the sports. You can talk You can talk politics there if that's your thing. But it's well-moderated. It's very respectful debate. A lot of great folks there. Great original content. Great contests. PurplePainForums.com. Go check it out. The other site we'd like you to check out is VikingsReport.com. Our website has links to all of our social media accounts links to Purple Paint Forums, sections in the webpage for all of our contests. You can see the latest updated standings for Nobody Cares About Your Fantasy Team and Super Toe Challenge. Just a great site. Ruby's done a hell of a job getting that all set up. If you want to see the Vikings Report Vault, go check that out, and you can see what prizes are available. We give away prizes at the end of each live show we do. We got a link to our Zazzle page, where if you, you want to buy a coffee mug or a travel mug, you can do that as well. So VikingsReport.com, go check that website out. Drew, before we get going, yeah, we got to kick the show off the way we always kick it off. What time is it, buddy? My little buttercup. My little buttercup has the sweetest. It's my end. <laughs> okay, Ted. I'm cooler than you are. We won in Buffalo. We fixed our little problem. Now light this candle. He's right. Light this candle. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yes. <laughs> We're off and running. 80, Ted. 80. 80. Episode 8. Can you plus all the live shows? Plus, man, we've done over 100 shows, man. Dude. That's wild, isn't it? I remember the very first one, the very first words ever spoken on Vikings Report, Ted Glover going, hey, everybody, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Drew, what do we call this show? We didn't yeah. even have a name for it. Yeah. Well, you did. I'd forgotten it, though, because that's straight how prepared I am. We'll have to try to find that clip. What are we calling this show, Drew? Who am I? Why am I here? Uh... You can tell our preliminary meetings weren't so good. Yeah. We'll, we'll I was working the Vikings it. report. Bring back Oh, yeah, that's right. But Vikings, Vikings dispatcher, Vikings report. We'll figure it out. Eight and one. Eight and one. Eight and eight one. one. Vikings coming off a huge 33-30 overtime victory in Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills. Team everybody thinks is a shortlist for Super Bowl contender out of the AFC. We always start off the Vikings' new segment with injuries during that game. A Caleb Evans, who had come in for Cameron Dantzler, who was put on IR last week because of an ankle, went out with a concussion. Left tackle Christian Derisaw, who I said was going to be a top five tackle by the end of the year and has become a top five tackle, unfortunately went out with a concussion as well. So both Evans and Christian Derisaw are currently in concussion protocol. Head coach Kevin O'Connell, very cagey, said, look, let's let the medical professionals do their job. So keep an eye on that. Those are the two big ones. Darius Smith, O'Connell said he had a knee contusion, but the way he was talking about it and describing it, it didn't sound too serious. He expects him to practice which I would assume, unless there's a, you know, kind of a reversal of fortune, he should play and be ready to go. If there's a silver lining to the Evans and the Derrissaw concussions, is their replacements, Blake Brandon, who came in for Christian Derrissaw, and Andrew Booth, rookie cornerback, came in for a Caleb Evans. For the most part, I thought they did pretty well getting thrown into the fire, Drewster. Something we should mention, 
is all off season, pretty much the big glaring issue that you and I had on this show was talking about the depth of the Vikings. It was a huge concern for both of us, yes. Right. We talked going across the board, offense and defense, the starters are legitimate with every team in the league. But we all know how you start and how you finish, you're going to have injuries along the way. Yep. And we are very worried about the depth. And I was looking at this today, you got to look at Lynch and Caleb Evans and Asamoa, and you just go one after another after another, Brandel. And that has been surprisingly not a weak spot. The backups have really come in and played a part, Ted. That was some good tweak. Vikings reserves have done a great job by stepping in. And sometimes my my stomach is in my throat when the camera pans on and I see Duke Shelley covering somebody at the goal line. I'm going, oh, but he came through. Big play for Shelley. Let's give it up for Mr. Shelley. Oh, you know, that is something we did not mention on our live postgame show. I don't think. Maybe we did towards the end. But Duke Shelley signed off the street on like Wednesday or Thursday, made a game-saving pass breakup in overtime against Buffalo. I mean, that's huge, dude. In a normal game, that would have been like play number one or two in things that caused the Minnesota Vikings to win. As wild as that game went, I don't know that it makes the top 10, but it should because it was such a tremendous play by Shelley. That's like calling a guy up from AAA in the minors and he hits a grand slam homer in the bottom of the ninth first hit bat in the major leagues just another thing that fell into place so many things are falling into place and we went into buffalo and we not only beat the bills the vikings had a lot of crappy calls go against them they did and they overcame it that game wouldn't have even been close it had been last year's version of this team you said it best after the game i love this team it's fun again football is fun again it is the vikings are fun to watch They are. And what made things even more fun throughout the course of the week on Monday Night Football, the team the Minnesota Vikings are chasing, the Philadelphia Eagles, lost to the Washington Commanders and the fighting Taylor Heineke's. (laughs) (laughs) So now both teams are 8-1. Week two, I don't think anybody thinks that the Minnesota Vikings were the better team than Philadelphia in week two. Philadelphia put on a very dominant performance on, on that Monday Night Football game. But that was, what, eight weeks ago. Where do you see these two teams right now? Do you think if the Minnesota Vikings played the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow, who's the better team, Minnesota or Philadelphia? I think it it would still be a really close shootout, but it's not going to be like that week two game. Now, that that week two game, they throttled us. Yes. They beat us in all three phases of the game, but I think this is a different Vikings team, and I think they've learned how to play defense. They're learning the 3-4 better. Both teams, I think, are one and two in turnover ratio, so that's what they're thriving on. They're both very disciplined, but it wouldn't be like that week two game. I think it would be 50-50 right now. I'm not going to say one would favor the other, but back at week two, they outplayed us so badly. They were miles ahead of us. That game would not be 24 to 10. No, it would not. It'd be a close football game. It'd be a one-score game because that's the only type of game the Minnesota Vikings play. And you know what? Like I said after that game, we will meet again this season. I I think you're right. I think you're right. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Let's go back to the Buffalo game one more time. Kirk Cousins had a couple of bad throws. He airmailed one ball over K.J. Osborne's head that got intercepted in that first drive in the second half. I don't know where he was thrown. That was just a bad pick. But at the end of the game, Kirk Cousins made some absolute money throws in that fourth quarter and in overtime. 
that you watch on replay and you're going, my God, what was he seeing? What caused him to throw that ball and would he even get it remotely caught by a receiver? Now let's compare that with Josh Allen. Joe Pasarczyk Allen? <laughs> Threw two really horrible, horrible picks in the end zone when Buffalo could have at least had field goals, if nothing else. And then the most basic play a quarterback can do is the center exchange. Even the worst quarterback in the world, hi, that would be me, but way back in the day, can do a center exchange. And he fumbled it in the end zone. Vikings recovered, scored a touchdown, and we all know the rest. Just those three mistakes. You imagine Kirk Cousins doing the identical thing? That was going to be my question. What if that had been Kirk Cousins, the roles had been reversed, and Kirk Cousins threw those two picks in the end zone and had that fumble in the end zone that caused another team to score? What do you think the narrative would be regarding Kirk Cousins right now? He'd be run out of town. It would be Twitter going crazy, angry mob with torches and pitchforks and... He would be crucified. And I say this to tell you, like, don't watch national media because they're all about narrative. Look with your own eyes and believe what you see. When you see something, you say, hey, that's pretty good because it is. Josh Allen was not the better quarterback on Sunday. I don't care what you want to tell me. He was not. Kirk Cousins was, and Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback so far this year. Now, things can change. But right now, Kirk Cousins is playing at a level that we have wanted him to play. He's more aggressive. He's taking more chances when the game is on the line. It's going to lead to more mistakes sometimes, but it's also going to lead to a hell of a lot more big plays. And we saw that on Sunday. Yes, and I don't want to hear Viking fans bitch about interceptions. You're the ones that were complaining about checkdowns. Yes. You can't complain about, ah, he throws too many checkdowns, and then bitch when he launches one over the middle, it gets picked off. You can't have it both ways. That is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life. But I'm going to say this. I think Josh Allen was the best quarterback last Sunday. Do you really? I think Kirk Cousins was better at the crutch plays than Josh Allen was. Overall, he was a better quarterback, but Kirk Cousins on the money plays was dominant over Josh Allen. Josh Allen failed in those big money plays. Okay, that's fair. But then let me ask you this question. If Kirk Cousins makes those clutch plays, isn't that what a good quarterback is supposed to do? Yes. Isn't that what the better quarterback is supposed to do? Yes, but here's the problem up up till now. Since Josh Allen's come into this league, he's been Eddie Van Halen. He's lighting it up. He's turned the whole culture of Buffalo around. They were losers. He is a rock star in Buffalo. He's won a lot of games. Look at that game with the Chiefs. He's built himself up all this credit, all this good standing, all this I'm a superstar, and I do all these commercials. Okay. Kirk Cousins, his first six years in the league, didn't do anything like that. Yeah, that's all right. That's fair. If Cousins would have come out to Michigan State and lit it up like Josh Allen, he would be getting the benefit of the doubt, I think. I think a lot of it has to do with the early narrative of their careers. I do. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's also unfair because so many people took that opinion, whatever that opinion is of Kirk, and, and a lot of it was negative. And I was, I was one of those guys. That I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But when faced with evidence to the contrary, People still can't bring themselves to say, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins is a good to decent quarterback. I mean, he has led a ton of fourth quarter comebacks these last two years for the Vikings. That is something almost nobody is talking about. Uh, I mean, he did last year, but the Vikings defense would come right back on the field, blow the lead, and the Vikings lose the game. People take Kirk Cousins personally, and now it's really coming to light. If they're still ripping him, they never liked him to begin with. We ripped him. 
We ripped him for being checked down Kirk and garbage time Kirk, 18, 2018, 2019. Now that he's not, you can't gripe about Kirk throwing a lot more picks when he's being a lot more aggressive downfield when you were complaining about him not being more aggressive and he was checking the ball down. Sometimes that's still warranted. You know, sometimes nothing's there. You just got to dump it off or throw it away and live another day. But I'm loving this new Kirk. I'm loving the vibe. I was waiting so impatiently after we got done with our show on Sunday, waiting to see what Kirko change would be doing on the plane ride home. And it was, it was this time it was Patrick Peterson with the, with the chains. What about, what about they're around the campfire and they're eating a bat? How do you like your bat, Dusty? Medium rare. Can you believe that Buffalo fumbled that ball? That, that could be in your head the rest of the season, bro. It could be. Terrible loss. It was. Unlike my 10-0 Wolverines, you're going to run Blake Corum on you next week, so you better be ready for a little touchdown action, Ted. You know, Jim Knowles is going to bottle up Blake Corum. Corum back in, 11th play of the drive. McNamara swings at the court. Blocker's out in front. He's at the 10. He's at the pylon. He's in for a Michigan touchdown. That should about do it for Vikings news for this week. Right now, it's time for hashtag nobody cares about fantasy. Ruby, get out of beer. Man, all right. So this week we're not going to play the rules that we've been playing week in and week out. It's not too late to get in and play this. Go over to vikingsreport.com. Ruby has posted the rules we usually play here every week. Over on vikingsreport.com, there's a section for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. Go ahead and click on that. Find out what the rules are, what we're doing for picks. Go ahead and jump on in. All right, those are our picks. You can put your entry down in our comments below or go back over to vikingsreport.com. Ruby is pretty much running away with the personal week-to-week standings that you, me, and her have. Six wins! All right, so now it's time for our Super Toe Challenge. It's our fantasy football contest going on. Again, just like the rules for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team, you can find the rules for the Super Toe Challenge over at vikingsreport.com. You can also make your entry for uh, the Super Toe Challenge over there as well in the Super Toe Challenge section, which is right below hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team. Now, we do our kicker a little bit different than we do the team. So the person that finished last in the Super Toe Challenge last week gets to pick first this week. So we haven't picked our kickers yet. Since Drew and I were tied, and I've been like the worst fantasy football player in both these games all year long, I'm going to go ahead and pick my kicker first, and I'm going to go ahead and pick Nick Folk. I got my pick here, Ted, and you're not the worst all year combined teams. I am. Oh, okay. I got like two wins in Super Toe and one in Fantasy, so don't pick my guys. I'm going with Super Sly, Sly in the Family Stone, Joey okay. Sly from the Commanders. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think a little too <laughs> ironic that a guy named Sly delivered two knockout punches to Philly yeah, and knocked them out. <gasps> oh, you're a greasy Italian tank. Dun, 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 dun. Ted, you're <laughs> on to something there. Sly, knockout, Philly. I don't know. Got to work Apollo Creed in there and you'll be set. It's <laughs> Ruby's kicker. All right, fantasy football cat. Do you have a kicker for this week? So I was kind of thinking that I don't even have to pick anybody and I'll still win. Pride go with the before the fall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Just kidding. I'm going to take Harrison Butker. All right. Harrison Butker. What about when that lady was talking to Chevy Chase and she said, you can walk me around and give me a kiss on the veranda. And you said, how about <laughs> just on the lip? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah, it is. So those are our two fantasy football contests. Go ahead. You can either put your choices for the fantasy football contest. Team Toons is Team Ted, Team Drew, down below in our YouTube comment section, or head on over to vikingsreport.com. Same for Super Toe Challenge. All right, so that'll do it for our fantasy football picks. We got Drewster's Millions and Trivia coming up first, but I'm hearing Bobby, our, our field reporter, Robert W. Farnsworth. Let's get Robert on the line, and he can give us a quick intro to the Vikings game. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, our first place Minnesota Vikings return home. U.S. Bank Stadium, the friendly confines. They welcome this week Mike McCarthy, Jack Prescott, and the dastardly Dallas Cowboys. Will the Minnesota Vikings continue their winning ways, or will they drop one to the dastardly Dallas Cowboys? We'll find out. Mike McCarthy is El Guapo, man. <laughs> the 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings welcome the 6-3 and three Dallas Cowboys to U.S. Bank Stadium. This is going to be a crazy game. Another huge game for the Vikings back home after two tough games on the road. You know, Drew, you talk about tasty, tasty tidbits. I got one right? for you. When was the last time, do you think, the Minnesota Vikings played the Dallas Cowboys when both teams were three games over five hundred? I'm going to go 74. 1998. You know what game that was? Thanksgiving. That was the oh! Randy Moss game. My favorite Moss touchdown. Three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. And by the end of the game, all Pat Summerall and John Madden were doing were laughing about how ridiculously good Randy Moss was. You talk about a top 10 Viking games. That's got to be yeah. in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. A lot of history between the Minnesota Vikings and Dallas Cowboys. My first Cry over a football game moment came in that game. Yeah, 1975 divisional playoff. One of the happiest I've ever been at the end of a Vikings playoff game, 2009, when Favre and the 09 Vikings just steamrolled the Cowboys. Oh, that was an ass kicking, wasn't God, it? God, that was just, oh, that Didn't was they have so like 12 sacks in that game? Oh, yeah. Sidney Rice was unstoppable. Adrian Peterson, Favre, great game. But new players, new era. New look, Minnesota Vikings. So what we're going to do, like we always do, Ruby's going to put up our big board preview, kind of our tribute to the old NFL Today show with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek Snyder. We've got our categories, as you can see. We're going to go over them. We're going to start with quarterback like we always do, and we're going to end with intangibles, which is my favorite category of all. Tangibles are things you can't see. Things you can't see. What do you mean by that, Dad? Well, you just can't see them, son. <laughs> Don Glover, the greatest. So they're like invisible? Yeah, sure. Quarterback, Dak Prescott missed four or five games with injury. He's back. He's looking pretty good. We've talked about Kirk Cousins in the earlier segment. His stats are down, but but this new attitude, new era, Kirk, whatever it is you want to say, I love. I'm I'm here for it. And I'm going, I'm going with Kirk over Dak. You know, I am too. I think when you're dealing with that number one defensive line pass rush with the sacks, it's gonna have some work cut out for him. Is it just me or does Dak Prescott seem really overrated? He seems overrated to me, Ted. There are a lot of comparisons between him and Cousins in terms of what have you done? You put up numbers, but what have you done? I think it's a fair criticism. Like, look, you know, quarterbacks are paid to win football games. And yes, I understand quarterback wins are not a stat and, and football is a team game. I get all that. But the, a quarterback is still judged on how many 
games his team wins or loses because they have such a tremendous influence on the outcome of that game. Look at, you know, we talked about last Sunday's game against Buffalo. Look at those crucial handful of plays that you say every week. Kirk Cousins made them late. Josh Allen did not. And that turned out to be the difference in the game. So that's the main reason I'm picking Kirk. And I, I think that's a fair point that you, you bring up about Dak. Cousins is turning me more into a believer of Kirk Cousins weekly. I'm giving him the check mark. Yep, me too. What about run game? Amigo? Uno amigo? <laughs> I have a, a plethora of reasons that the run game is going to work out. A plethora? You're going to tell me that you don't know what a plethora, plethora means? <laughs> Dallas would rather run the ball than pass it. If you look at the rankings, they, they are a lot better at running the ball. Dallas Six. is sixth. Sixth in rushing. And they're 26th in passing. Yes. If we shut down their run game, the percentage of us winning this game goes way up. Zeke Elliott may be back, but to be honest, I think the other guy's better. At this stage of their career, nothing nothing gets your Ohio State boy, but I think I'd probably play Tony Pollard over him. Pretty formidable run defense. You can't be misled by some of these stats. Rush yards for Buffalo were very misleading, Ted. The Bills had 175 yards rushing in that game. But if you take off Josh Allen's 84 yards, they only rushed for 91 yards in that game last week. And you can't mm-hmm. take those yards off because Prescott's not running like Josh Allen. He's not. I think he's still a good runner. He can still take off and run with it, though. Right. After the broken ankle. Yeah. That team from Wisconsin went 200-plus on the Dallas run D last week. They got a pretty good run game up there. But I am still going to give my check mark to the Vikings for the run game. I'm going to give it to Dallas. And I agree with you on Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Zeke. He's got a lot of miles on him, and he's not the same guy he was when he first came to the league seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. Pollard and, and Elliott pretty much have almost the exact same amount of carries. Pollard's a lot better yards per carry than Elliott is. They're a very good one-two combo. I think Dalvin Cook is the best running back of everybody, but I think Pollard and Elliott is a better combo than Cook and Madison. Dallas is sixth in the NFL in, in, in running the ball. Vikes are 23rd, but I think the Vikes have the potential to make a lot of money on the ground because Dallas, they get gashed in the run game every week. I'm giving it to Dallas simply for the fact I don't know what the status is of Dalvin Tomlinson. If Dalvin Tomlinson is in, I think the Vikings have a very good chance to pretty much neutralize Dallas's running game. If Dallas doesn't make us one-dimensional, we're going to ride them hard and put them away wet. Ted. That's definitely on the table, yeah. But for right now, I, I just want to give my, my check to the, to the Dallas Cowboys just by a bit. Real quick, about Dalvin Cook's workload this year, and I think Kevin O'Connell is playing it the right way. Okay. Uh, after nine games last year, Dalvin Cook had 191 touches, 169 rushing attempts, and 22 receiving. Okay. 2022, which is this season, after nine games, he has 167 touches. Okay. And you may say, well, that's only a difference of 24. But his average is 20 to 25 touches a game. So at this point, he's made up one full game. He yeah. saved himself one full game. And by the end of the season, it'll probably turn into two full games. And I think that freshness... Without that much tread on the tire, I think O'Connell's playing it smart and Wes Phillips is playing it smart. He's not getting the touches he has, but he's still being very effective. Yes, I agree. Yeah. When you look at the receiving game, you've got, what, CeeDee Lamb is Dallas's top receiver. Noah Brown, Michael Gallup, tight ends, Dalton Schultz. CeeDee Lamb, you have to account for on every play. Noah Brown's not bad. Come on, Ted. Noah Brown. I know more about downtown Julie Brown. (laughs) Who the hell is Noah Brown? Went to Ohio State. Oh, no wonder he's good, Tootsies. <laughs> the Vikings receivers are better. I still think the Vikings need to address the wide receiver position. 
But when you add TJ Hawkinson into the mix, you know, he went out Sunday, he got pulled off the field by the independent observer or the neutral observer, whatever they're calling him in the NFL, was given a concussion protocol valuation. He returned to the game, so he should be fine. I like the Vikings receiving game along with the aggression that Kirk is showing now. I'm going to go with the Vikes. I can't disagree there. I'm just going to let the numbers pick my check mark for me. And when I throw these out to you, it'd be pretty obvious why the Vikings are getting my check mark. The Vikings wide receivers, after nine games, they have 137 catches for 1,747 yards. The Cowboys' big three, which includes Noah Brown, <laughs> they have 95 catches for 1,218 yards. Ted, that's a difference of 42 catches and 529 yards between three guys. I looked at those numbers, and I, I didn't completely discount them, but I took them with a grain of salt because, you know, Cooper Rush played, what, four or five games while Dak was out with his, with his thumb injury. So that is a factor you, you have to take into consideration. But even if Dak had not been injured, I, I still like Minnesota's receiving group over Dallas. Yeah, they need to exploit that because they got a big edge there. Yeah. What about for the O-line? O-line for the Cowboys is only allowed 14 sacks this season, Ted. Ty Smith, McGovern, Badass at center, and Zach Martin, they're all solid guys. They're all solid players. They are. I think the interior of the Dallas O-line, which is the center and the two guards, is better than the Vikings' interior of the O-line. When you look at player to player and you compare the guards, I think they're a little stronger in there. And I don't know about Derisaw yet. If Derisaw can't play because of the concussion... You know, with McGovern and Zach Martin playing guard, I got to give my check mark to Dallas for the O-line. Yeah, I am too. I don't say this to be disrespectful to the Vikings offensive line because they're playing at a level that none of us really kind of foresaw coming into the year. That Christian Derrissaw injury is really kind of cloudy right now in terms of is he going to play, is he not going to play? I think Blake Brandle can do a good job. He did really well against one of the better defensive lines on Sunday when they just threw him essentially to the Wolves after Derrissaw had to go out with his concussion. I think for a game, Brandon will be okay. But Christian Derrissaw needs to get back in as soon as he can. But, yeah, I'm going to give my check to the to the Cowboys there. Defensive line. You know, the Dallas Cowboys have a, have this weak spot on the D-line. Uh, Quentin Bohanna, he's just not very good, I, I don't think. Demarcus Lawrence is pretty good. That said, the Vikings defensive line has been playing pretty well as of late. Even with the injury to Dalvin Tomlinson, James Lynch made some plays. Harrison Phillips played, I think, probably his best game as a Viking in, against Buffalo. He had, you know, a couple of reasons to. I'm going to give the edge here, and I know it's a 4-3 versus a 3-4 and all, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to give my edge to the Vikes. I had the Cowboys getting the check mark just based on number one in the NFL in sacks with 35. I mean, they're physical. They're mean up front, especially on the, maybe not in the interior, but on the outside. You got to figure out where Micah Parsons is going to be every play. In fact, out of the 35 league-leading sacks, Parsons and the two defensive ends, Armstrong and Lawrence, have 18 of them. Especially if Brandle's going to be in there, you might have to get him some help over there. Vikings defensive line is no pushover either, though, Ted. No. They are tied for sixth with the Jets, the New York Jets with sacks with 26. They got 26 themselves. So they're certainly nothing nothing to sneeze at. Is that how it goes? Pressure on the quarterback, that's going to decide this game. Which quarterback has time to throw more? Because both teams can pressure the quarterback. It was super close for me. I could have really went either way because of the things you just said. I didn't give the Cowboys a check mark on the defensive line. Barely. Okay. What about linebackers? Vikings linebacker core is so solid right now. It really is. I think they are figuring out this 3-4. They're figuring out their roles, their responsibilities. We knew it would take a couple of months, Ted. But the linebacking core of the Vikings 
is really, really looking good. Can Zadarius Smith outdo Micah Parsons when it comes to rushing the quarterback? We'll find out. I'm going to say it right now. Micah Parsons is the best linebacker I've seen since Lawrence Taylor. He's tremendous. He's one of those you got to figure out where he is on every play and make sure you got him accounted for. He's going to he's going to wreck you. I got to go check Mark on the Vikings. You know, I, I'm looking at the Cowboys depth chart and it, their base looks like a nickel, like a 4-2-5. And their two guys are Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch, who's a pretty good linebacker himself. But when you put in, you know, Daniil Hunter, do you want to consider Hunter a linebacker defensive end at this point? I, I think he's playing down on the line almost as much as he's standing up now. I, I'm still counting him as a, officially as a linebacker, but you could argue he's a defensive end as well now too. Parsons and Vander Esch, super athletic. The Vikings are starting to gel. Speaking of units that start to gel, how about the Minnesota Vikings secondary? How about, yeah, yeah, Ted, because you know what it is? Chicks can't cannot hold, hold their smoke. They That's cannot what hold it is. is. They cannot hold their smoke. <laughs> That's what it is. The Vikings are like tied for third in interceptions this year yes. with 10. You look at the Vikings' raw defensive numbers. They're 29th in passing yards. Dallas is fourth. Dallas has a really good secondary. Uh, you got old friend J. Ron Curse at safety, former Viking. Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Malik Hooker. My head tells me pick Dallas. My heart tells me pick Minnesota. And the numbers would tell you to pick Dallas, but when a Caleb Evans steps in and then goes out, and now Andrew Booth Jr. steps in, who's, depending on what the status is with Evans, he very well may start. You got a guy who's older than prostitution itself in, in uh, Patrick Peterson back there. And he's playing he's playing like he's in his third or fourth year. Man, Harrison Smith is having a, a renaissance of a year. <laughs> I'm going with the Vikes. I'm picking the Vikings, man. You're going to be rolling every week. I love doing this show so much. That is right along the line what I was thinking of. Dallas is fourth in the NFL in pass defense. Fourth. Yeah. They have three really strong corners, but one is hurt. They got Diggs, always gets picks. Anthony Brown, who got a concussion last week, may not play. He was a replacement for uh, Lewis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they're on their third guy over there at corner. And then they have Duran Bland. And he's the weakest of the three. He probably went to Michigan. He's bland. He's the weakest of the three. He does, as far as I see, he doesn't bring much flavor to the secondary. A lot of hominy in his game. Very uninteresting and dull, Ted. <laughs> Quite boring, matter of fact. Very bland. We're so we, are so we are so dumb. Even though Dallas is fourth in pass defense, I am giving the Vikings the check mark in this, and I think they get a couple more interceptions. And like the linebacking core is doing, I think the secondary is coming together. Hell of a job by Pat Peterson. Kind of throw it out for him. He is just rallying this team, but the secondary gets my check mark for this game. Red zone. Vikings are 11th in offense and red zone efficiency, 31st on defense, which is an improvement from last week when they were 32nd. <laughs> Dallas is 7th in offense, 11th in defense. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm going to give this edge to the Vikings because they're at home. U.S. Bank Stadium is a loud place to play. It's going to be hard to get play calls in when Dallas is in the red zone. I'm going to give that edge just very slightly to the Vikings here. I am giving it to the Vikings also, Ted. They were 32nd in the red zone defense, but they got two picks on Josh Allen in the end zone. Yes, they did. So that ranking going out the windows. The Vikings were only one and four in the red zone, but they were five for five the week previous against the commanders. If you mm -hmm. remember, we were perfect mm -hmm. in the red zone. So five and five to one and four. I think they get back to that five and five status this week. Too many weapons in the red zone for the Vikings compared to the Cowboys. I think so, yeah. I think Hawkinson gets a TD pass this week. I think he does too, yeah. I am sticking with the Vikings. They get my check mark. What about special teams? What about it, Ted? 
Got to talk about it. I used to dread watching the Viking special team. It was always like stressful and it sucked. Mike Prefer, come on, man. That feeling is all but left me, Ted. Well, besides Joseph. I'm giving my check mark to the Vikings because they come through every week in special teams. I'm going to give it to Dallas. At some point, Greg Joseph's extra point misses are going to cost the Vikings. I don't know the Vikings should go out and get a new guy, but I know that what they're doing at kicker can't continue. He's He's got to figure it out, or the Vikings really got to look at a new guy, I, I believe. You don't? Probably technically they do, Ted, but I'm going to go old school here and say, I don't think you can break the mojo right now with what the team's going roster-wise. I don't want to do that. The mojo is good, even though he's... It sucks at extra points. And I know that probably shouldn't override the talent end of it, but don't mess with everything's going well right now. You don't want to change a guy. And I don't know. Maybe that's just me, the karma thing. No, I understand that. You gave your check mark to the Blakes, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Coaching Kevin O'Connell versus Mike Oompa Loompa McCarthy. Oh, he's terrible. Deputy dog. What about Cletus? <laughs> He's, he's guapo, dude. He looks like Violet from the Chocolate Factory, except he's wearing blue. I can't stand Mike McCarthy, I man. Can't that guy just bugs me. Oh. Did you watch the Cowboys-Packers game last week? Yes. After we got done with our live show, I went in and watched what was left of it. Mike McCarthy complained about the officiating in the fourth quarter in the overtime. I'm telling you, man, that is like a loser's lament. Say what you want about Kevin O'Connell. He doesn't bag on officiating. He always puts accountability that starts with him and then about what we as in the team could do better. The results speak for themselves. Look, Mike McCarthy's not a bad coach. He won a Super Bowl with the Packers, but Dallas has not been great since he took over, and I don't think Mike McCarthy is all that great of a coach. I'm giving my check mark to Kevin O'Connell and the Viking staff. You know, last week I was wrong. Every once in a while I'm wrong. I gave Sean McSquirmish the check mark. Kevin O'Connell outcoached him with the detail. He did. McCarthy still can't manage the clock, and he still is, has a very undisciplined team. You know what? Kevin O'Connell gets my check mark here. Finally, intangibles. Why don't you go ahead and kick that one off? Probably my biggest intangible is respect. How is Dallas favored in this game? That's a good question. That's my biggest intangible. You know, Kevin O'Connell's got to preach that all week. Yeah, coach, we're going to kick their ass. Well, you should, because everybody thinks they're going to win. That's really my only intangible is the respect end. I'm giving it to the Vikings. They won two big games on the road. Now they're back home for three straight, which is huge. Dallas lost. You know, they looked sloppy. They, they looked good, but then just sort of fell apart in the second half, lost in overtime. I think sometimes those games sort of have a, a hangover effect more so than, than wins do. It's going to be interesting to see how Kevin O'Connell handles this week and gets the Vikings back on track, focused about football, because you have to be able to turn around on very short notice and start focusing on your next task at hand. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. And that win was improbable in a lot of ways. But now with this team of veterans and this new coach, can they flip that switch and get back to business like right now when they come back in the building and start practicing and game planning and, and all, all that stuff? I think that's where the difference is going to be because Kevin O'Connell is that guy. He is the guy that looks at all those details, and that is an intangible that I think is going to be the difference, which is why I'm giving it to the Vikings. You have a plethora of good info. I have a plethora. <laughs> all right. So that is our big board preview. How about prediction time? 
oh man, I looked at this, broke it down, broke it down again. So I couldn't break it down anymore. Dallas is very talented. This game's going to come down to rushing the football. If Dallas can't rush the football, we're going to dust them, I think. This is going to be right down to the wire, Ted. Two things I would consider for this game. The Vikings haven't been good at screen passes all year. I don't know what the hell is going on with throwing a screen pass to, to Cook, but it's off. This would be the game to get the screen pass going because there's no better defense to a pass rush than a screen pass. I'm hoping for more screens and start the game passing. Let Cousins get some easy completions and get him into the groove a little bit more because they're going to be expecting a big diet of Cook coming at them. I have this game being 24-24 going into overtime. I could very well see the game going that way, but grab you some Kool-Aid. Let's get with the right Reverend Jones. The Minnesota Vikings are going to win this game by two scores. Really? They're coming home. They have all the confidence in themselves that nobody else really has. You know, you talked about Vegas making Dallas the favorite. I don't think anybody could have done more of a favor to the Vikings than Vegas did by making Dallas a two-and-a-half-point favorite or whatever it is they did. They won two tough games on the road, and one of those games, nobody, not even you and I, thought they had a chance in hell of winning. This is the game where they put it all together and they get an early lead and Dallas never catches up. Look, the crowd is going to be absolutely raucous. It's a 3.30 game. They're going to spend all day drinking. Oh, (laughs) I almost wish I was going. And I want them to win primarily because my brother Travis is a huge Cowboys fan. And I just want to give him shit all for the rest of the year. So, yeah, Vikes win. Oh, there we go. I'll take a drink for that. That purple Kool-Aid is going down silky smooth. All righty. So that is our preview segment. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with Drewster's Millions, and we'll wrap the show up with trivia right after this. Hey, Scott, man. Mm-hmm. We're working on these nicknames. All right. We got a call. Okay. The Parquet Possum. The Three Basketeers. Mirage Etoile. It's French. Or we can go with the, the Three Amigos. Huh. <sighs> What you think? The Boston Three Party. See, right. I like that. See, this man's a Big. professional. Hey, Scott, thank you, man. That's what I told Let's go work on the other thing, man. We are back with Brewster's Millions and Skull Vikings. Yeah! yeah! All right, we're back. Gabe. Buddy, thanks for that great intro again for Drewster's he's Millions. He's awesome, dude. He should just do the show. Why aren't we even on here? <laughs> he's way better than we are. This week for Drewster's Millions, Ruby, if you would put the game up on the board. How much money am I starting out with this week, man? 600 for the third straight week. Two weeks ago, you broke even. Last week, you broke even. You broke even two weeks in a row with zero. I'm up to 400. All right. I'm putting 450 bucks. What? 450 bucks is my only bet. Eagles are going to cover at the Colts. I got 300 on the same game. The Eagles to cover against the Colts. Toots is, what was Ted betting week one? 10 bucks, I think. We'll go back and look. I'm about to do $10 bets. I didn't want to lose all my money. I wanted to get a little bit so I could make bigger bets later. He's the guy on Twilight Zone with the, <laughs> income, with the slot machine coming out of him. Okay. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Mortimer. Mortimer. <laughs> This blasted machine! It's this machine! <laughs> okay, 450 on Eagles Colts. That's it? You're yeah. not going to bet anymore? Well, and then the free $25 prop bet, more passing yards, Dak Prescott or Kirk. I think Dak will because Dallas is going to have to be playing catch-up most of the day. All righty. So that's Drewster's Millions. Folks, it is time for my favorite segment of this show, hands yes. down. 
And that's Toons' Trivia. Welcome to Toots' Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toots. How are you? I'm good. Drew, how are you? I'm doing great, Toots. Let's light it up with a little trivia. Let's light it up. All right. This week we have Finish the Sentence, Dallas Cowboys Picture Puzzles, Jerry Jones is Kind of an Idiot, and ESAT Can Blank. Okay. Finish the Sentence. These are the three amigos quotes, and you just have to finish the sentence for 100. I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of them. Just kill one of them, yeah. Yes. <laughs> El Guapo gets 100. What are the names here? Team El Guapo and Team Amigos. Okay. Why are we Team Amigos? I, I have no idea. Because Amigos is plural and there's two of us. I know, but El Guapo was kind of a weirdo, so I thought that would fit better. That's what she said. All right, for 200. <laughs> When the Amigos asked for a beer at the cantina, the bartender told them, sorry, senor, we don't have no beer, only... Tequila! Oh, tequila, yes, tequila! tequila. Yes, tequila. <laughs> tequila, that is correct. For 300, tell us we will die like... Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Dang. <laughs> All right, the Dallas Cowboys picture puzzle. These are current Dallas Cowboys. Ted Roxy's. For 100, name the cowboy. C.D. Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, that is correct. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Drew. All right, for 200, name the cowboy. Michael Gallup. Gallup, <laughs> Gallup, Gallup that's it. Yes. <laughs> so dumb. We need a whole hour of picture puzzle. That'd be oh, great. God. All right, for 300, name the player. Um... <laughs> J. Ron Kurtz. Yes. <laughs> Is that Ron Jeremy? Yes. <laughs> I gotta take that out. Oh my god. That's hysterical. <laughs> oh my sides hurt. Oh best trivia segment in America. We don't even charge you for this entertainment. She does such an outstanding job oh, with the picture puzzles, man. That's that crazy. Funny. <laughs> Drew, you're cleaning up. You got all these so far. I know. I don't have any points. You would have to miss every single one from here for me to even have a chance. But anyway. All right. Jerry Jones kind of an idiot. This category <laughs> is basically stuff that Jerry Jones has done that is very stupid. For 100. The Cowboys passed on Randy Moss to draft who? Oh, um, Ted, hurry up. Google it before she sees. Wait. No, I can see it in the reflection of his glasses. Oh, reflection of the glasses. Ruby's NCIS, forensics. You see that, Ted? Cowboys passed on Randy Moss to draft two. I can't remember, Ted. Oof. And I, I don't know who that is. Who was it, Ruby? Greg Ellis. I knew it. Defensive lineman. I knew it. I knew it was a defensive lineman. 100 for me. For 200. This Dallas head coach had a 559 win percentage over his eight and a half year stint. Would that have been Jason Garrett? That would have been Clappy McClapperson. Yes. Good job. Clappy <laughs> <laughs> McClapp. Yes. Remember, they're down 43 to 10, and he's going. <laughs> Last one. Good job, Ted. Dallas took this player at six in the 2012 draft, passing on Keekley, Gilmore, Cox, and Harrison Smith. Wow. Um, can you give us a position? That's what she said. <laughs> 
I think it was defensive line again. It was either defensive line or a linebacker. I don't think it was a secondary player. Was it that linebacker that always got hurt, Ted? What was his name? No. I don't know. I don't know, Tunsis. Morris, Morris Claiborne. Claiborne. Oh, yeah, that's right. What happened to that guy? Last category. You have to finish the sentence. ESAT Nation can what? For 100. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> For 200, ESAT Nation can what? Eat a piss sandwich. Eat a piss dog sandwich. Dog piss sandwich. Yes. One of the greatest quotes Ted Glover's ever said on the show. Go eat a dog piss sandwich. Oh, God. And finally, for 300, ESAT Nation can what? Piss Toots' ass. (laughs) All right. You guys win. Thank you for playing. We'll see you next week. Yeah, the trivia uh, just keeps getting better by the week. Uh, best trivia show in the business. Ruby, thanks so much once again. Oh, that about does it for episode 80. Once again, my sides hurt from laughing. Once again, Drew, you made me smarter. Once again, I am amazed at all the, the people that like, subscribe, comment, interact with us. I, I can't tell you how much that means to both me and Drew and Ruby, all three of us. You guys are just just tremendous 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 my friend you make me smart every week in the preview and you make me laugh and tunes does the best show production in the world and the best trivia segment in the world and i couldn't be happier to be part of it but for now we're gonna put a bow on this we're gonna try to do better the next time buddy take us home dad a lot different following eight and one team doing these shows isn't it it really is even the live shows we were so fired up sunday when you rewatched that live show we had with Chris Gates and the Jared Allen mullet. We're just having a good time like the Vikings are. Yep. Everybody's enjoying this. Well, mostly everybody is enjoying this season. It's really fun to do this. And I love doing this show. Tunes the production. You are everything. Wanted to thank everybody for all the likes and subscribe. We didn't tell you to like and subscribe earlier. So we're going to tell you now. Like and subscribe. It helps us out in the long run. Come join us Sunday. Enjoy the Vikings win. Hopefully Ted's right on winning by two scores. And we can roll through and get to nine and one. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Everybody, enjoy your Viking day. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Bump, bump. <laughs>